Welcome to Working Mom Out. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Working Mom Hour. I'm Erica. And I'm Madeline. We're working moms, business partners, and friends with kids at different ages and stages. We know moms tend to get more done in an hour than the average human, yet are often misunderstood and underappreciated in the workplace. We are here to shine a light on the working mom experience to help ourselves and others step into and advocate for the superpower. We are not experts. We're two women who have been there and are still there, kids, clients, and all. Join us as we cultivate more joy in working motherhood at the corner of calm and chaos. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Working Mom Hour. Welcome. Erica, before we proceed, can we just take a moment, a moment to just be like, we've arrived. I opened my app this morning and it was like 18 episodes, 18 episodes. I know. That is, I that know. is hard to believe. It it's is. been lovely. It yeah. has been lovely. And we're getting such amazing feedback and folks are reaching out to us to be on the podcast. It's a unique feeling to be pitched as yes. pitchers. That's so true. It makes me understand the reporter experience a little bit better. It does. Yeah. As a PR person. But we're often asked about the time commitment for this podcast. Like that's a lot of time if you're recording once a week or twice a week. Like how's it going? And I just like keep, I feel like we keep checking in with each other. Like, is this still bringing you joy? Is there anything we need to adjust? Like how can we keep making this joyful? And it's still working. It feels like it's still working. Yes, 100%. It is a time commitment. I'm glad we're putting the time into it to produce the quality product. And you know, I'm very protective of my time, but that also aligns with our mission, right? Every mom should protect their time and energy. Every mom should feel like they're not alone in this journey. So this podcast is an outlet, you know, not just for us. It started out as an outlet for us, but to see how it's evolved and to know what we have in store next Mm -hmm. year, um, it's hard to put into words. I get a little emotional around it. It It's such an honor and a responsibility that we have taken very, very seriously. Like this isn't just a fun little podcast side project for us anymore. And it's a lot of fun. Some of the most fun I think I've had professionally and personally. I feel that too. Like we really wanted to make a space where we could just show up and it takes a lot of work to create that space, but it's these one hour moments when we can do that. It's like you, you work so hard and I think it's very special or it is special to me. Yeah, it is. Ditto. Um, Special to me as well. Yay. We've been putting some intentional thought into what's next for working mom hour and how we can more fully engage this community. And it feels like we're getting close to taking those next steps so we can share more in the coming weeks. Yeah. I'm really, I'm excited for that and be able to engage this community of wonderful women. Yes. All right. Today we are taking a joyful look at the shit we do, so to speak. That's right. We're talking about a reframe or a redeal of our familial obligations. We've heard from a lot of women who experience challenges with unequal labor or hidden labor in the household, particularly working moms who are trying to do it all. 
Yes, there is this woman who is on fire lately. Her name is Eve Rodsky. She wrote a book and created a card game called Fair Play, which Real Simple Magazine described as a hands-on strategy to divide tasks and achieve household harmony. And before I share a little bit more about Eve, we should just acknowledge that Eve was like one of our moonshot outreaches before we even had a podcast. We were doing these weekly clubhouse discussions like the division of household labor came up and a girlfriend of mine told me about this book and we just like moonshot emailed her and she responded with her speaking rates and we were like, oh, (laughs) thank you. Maybe sometime in the future our paths will cross again. And then they came back to us and we're like, this is really in alignment for Eve and she wants to join you on a clubhouse. Uh, And then at that time we were starting to build a podcast. So it is like many months later when we could get on her schedule. And she is kind enough to give us some time on a future episode, which we're really excited about. In the meantime, let's share a little bit more about Eve. So she has her JD from Harvard Law School. And after working in foundation management at JP Morgan, she founded the Philanthropy Advisory Group to advise families and charitable foundations on best practices. And she was tired of being the she-fault parent responsible for all aspects of her busy household. That certainly lands with me and with many Mm -hmm. others we've talked to. And after working with hundreds of families professionally, she recognized that her expertise could be applied closer to home as a system for couples seeking balance, efficiency, and peace in their lives. So she did something very unique. She counted up all of the unpaid, invisible work she was doing for her family and then sent that list to her husband asking for things to change. And needless to say, his reaction was underwhelming. And Rodsky realized that simply identifying the issue of unequal labor in the home wasn't going to be enough. (laughs) She needed a solution to this universal problem. And quite frankly, her sanity, identity, career, and marriage depended on it. I know that she has a relationship with Reese Witherspoon, and I was reading about how she was talking to Reese about it, and Reese asked to see the spreadsheet, and that there were like 90 tabs and just like hundreds of tasks, and she said it was very astonishing. The result is Fair Play, a time and anxiety-saving system that offers couples a completely new way to divvy up domestic responsibilities. She is also on a mission to redefine the way we value time. So similar to how we talk about it with the mom hour, our time is as valuable as someone else's. She shared an anecdote in the book of a young woman who told her that her mother said, I think it's really weird. You're not doing more things for your husband and that he's making you dinner. And the woman said, I'm the fucking breadwinner. Why is it weird to my mother that my husband's making me dinner? And I had a friend just this weekend in a similar situation as this woman comment that she continues to be floored by how many women in her life tell her how lucky she is to have a husband that helps around the house and helps out with the kids. Changing conversation among women is important. Your time is valuable. I see you. I support you. You have the power to be someone other than a parent and a worker and a partner. You're allowed to be a little bit of who you were before you had kids. Yeah. And to get there, Eve interviewed more than 500 women and men from all walks of life to figure out what invisible work in a family actually entails and how to get it all done efficiently. So, with four easy rules, and there were 100 household tasks and a figurative card game that you play with your partner, Fair Play helps you to prioritize what's important to your family and who should take the lead on every chore from laundry to homework to dinner. Okay. And it sounds a little bit 
overwhelming to think about, but <laughs> we're breaking this down and we're also going to give our experience playing it, which actually was very fun. Winning in this game means rebalancing your home life, reigniting your relationship with your significant other and reclaiming what she calls your unicorn space, as in the time to develop the skills and passions that keep you interested and interesting. That's something my grandpa and my dad always used to say, be Aww. interested and interesting. That's a concept she references in this first book, Fair Play. And it's one that we're going to talk more about with Eve on a future episode. In the meantime, let's focus on Fair Play, the book and the card game. Should we get into how it went for you and Joe and for Chris and me to play? Yeah, let's. Um, we'll start with you. How did you guys set the scene and what was the context like in which you played? Okay, well, to be very candid, playing a game about household tasks <laughs> did not sound <laughs> appealing to either of us. And Eve was clear in saying to do it when you both are very present and calm so it goes smoothly. So we did it after the kids went down. We enjoyed a little something together and we sat on our bed and honestly, we just like giggled our way through it. You basically pull each card and the cards will say things like laundry or kids sports or things like that. And you decide who's going to own the card. It doesn't need to be forever. You can redeal anytime, once a week or twice a year or whatever, but you must own that task fully. So for example, weekday dinner, if you're going to own weekday dinner fully, it doesn't mean like one partner's making the grocery list and doing the shopping for you and the other ones like cooking the recipe. That's not eliminating the mental load. Does that make sense? So it's not just the physical doing of the task. Eve calls it CPEing, so concepting, planning, and executing the task. That was like somewhat liberating because on paper, it could be like this person made dinner, but like really did they did they do the hard work of concepting the dinner? Right. Writing the list, going to yeah, yeah. get the groceries. Yeah, all of that. Yeah. So how many cards did you each deal? Because it has a hundred, but you take out the ones that don't apply yes. to your family. That's right. We took out like around half of them or maybe a little yeah, less than two. half. Okay. She encourages removal of cards because it just kind of simplifies things. So, and the instructions also say, don't judge the value of what you're doing for the family based on the number of cards you have. She's like, this is actually very detrimental to the relationship right. if you're keeping score. So I think I had like in the early 30s and Chris had like in the mid 20s. I really going into this thought we were going to be above the game. I, I really did. I thought we were going to be immune. We don't keep score in our relationship. We communicate well. We have a flow. Like we've been married for 10 years. We were not immune, <laughs> immune to the benefits. And I say that because <laughs> I realized during the game that I had these little shreds of guilt around some of the tasks that Chris owns. So for example, I've mentioned in the past that Chris does the laundry. He owns the laundry. I would still like toss a load in every so often. Not that we needed to, but why? I don't know. Like a little bit of guilt, I think. Right. I recognize that about myself in playing this game. So the fact that we could like hold up this laundry card, give it to Chris and like move on allowed me to just let it go from my mind. And just like a feeling of relief when we establish he's the tech person. I don't need to figure out what fucking cord is am I missing right. in my computer. I just tell him what the need is and he like figures it out and orders it. Or if a pipe bursts, he's the home maintenance person. I can eliminate that from my mental load. So it takes away that one more fucking thing feeling. feeling. Yeah. 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 It also eliminated these little like resentments. I didn't know I was feeling yep. about things that I do 
but that were unacknowledged. So for example, school communication, I respond to all the emails. Now that I know it's my job, my mind isn't spinning like, of course, I'm going to be the one to respond. But yes, I'm going to be the one to respond because I CPE school communication. So that was powerful as well, like letting go of the guilt and the resentment, the simple acknowledgement of a task and giving and receiving tasks, feeling seen in my work and seeing his work was valuable to us. It like sparked conversation and it just, it felt healthy. Yeah. How about you guys? We had a very similar experience and we set the stage very similarly after the kids went to bed (laughs) and we enjoyed playing it. And with the same caveat, I sort of walked in knowing we're in a different stage in our parenting. So we don't have exhausting little ones anymore. And we've been married for 14 years, together for 17. We continue to invest in a lot of work in ourselves individually and together. So we walked in feeling like we already know what we own within the house. We're great partners. We sort of just did it to have fun and and to play the game. But as we were playing, it hit me like, had we played this game 10 or even five years ago, it would have been different. And I think it would have been more helpful for me in my mental health because I would have owned a lot more of the cards back then. Mm -hmm. Things were just different when we had toddlers and he was working and I was trying to work and it just was different. And I've been able to let go more and let him in with some of those more invisible tasks that I definitely felt resentment over. And when we played, there were definitely some elements that surprised me. And Joe joked that the game was very nuanced and he wanted to improve it, which is very on brand (laughs) for him. (laughs) But we landed with me owning about 30 cards and him owning about 20. And we had about 25 shared. Okay. And the card that tripped us up was weekday dinners. <laughs> Who opens the app? And yeah, taps? right, right. <laughs> so I adamantly like popped it right in my pile. Like it was like not even a question. And he was like, hold on. Ooh. <laughs> this is when he started to rewrite the game because he argued the nuance that I consult and involve him in the decision every night. So he still feels like he has some sense of ownership because oh. he's waiting for me to come down and be like, all right, what are we doing for dinner tonight? What does everybody want for dinner? And we joke around that it's like the most favorite part in a very sarcastic way of our day is trying to figure out dinner. I don't know why it's a painful decision for me to have to make, but it's my Achilles heel. Mm. You and our listeners know as you joke around about me opening the app, like I try to make it as painless as possible for myself. But he suggested, Chris would probably get a kick out of this, that we adopt the business concept of racy while we play the game. (laughs) Okay, so what is RACI? RACI stands for Responsible, Approve, Consult, Inform, and then it ends with an X, which is I'm not involved at all. So we broke out. We spent so much time on this one part. <laughs> and he was like, so, you know, I am responsible for dinner. And then the A is the dinner selection has to be approved by me. I must be consulted for dinner. I just need to know what's for dinner or I'm not involved in the dinner choice at all. So my rebuttal was that this game only measures the R and that's where he sees the flaw. The challenge with sharing is that you're both thinking about it. You can do whatever you want to get there, but you're in charge of it. So you can go seek help from him, but you're still CPEing the card. He can go through his entire day without thinking about dinner until you run up and are like, do you want chicken or fish? The decision we came to was I would own Own it. Yes. I'd own the task of dinner 
and ordering, but I'm going to consult him most nights. Got it. But that was the only card that like really tripped us up. But to your point about the resentment part Mm -hmm. and the acknowledgement part, what really surprised me, like when you think about managing your house, right? There are a lot of invisible tasks like the dishes and the laundry and the mail and the house maintenance. But I was surprised by the cards like playing with kids or having tough conversation with kids or Mm -hmm. informal education for the kids, which they had like a picture of a bike. So teaching your kids how to ride a bike is like informal education. And all of those cards went to Joe. And they are significant responsibilities in the house. There was another card too, something around like safety and security for the home. And you know, Mm -hmm. Joe is a junior varsity prepper. And in that moment, I was able to acknowledge the weight that he has on his shoulders of keeping us safe and thinking Mm. about the world issues like a pandemic and how they might impact us. He owned that card. So to acknowledge the cards as they were piling up for him, I think made him feel valued because I think he still brings with him into where we are now some of the guilt of when we were younger and just figuring this out. And I just felt like I had to own everything and I didn't let him in. Yeah. And now that we share the responsibilities, there's a little bit of guilt around that. And it was easy to see like, no, no, we really are partners in this running this household. So I liked it. It It was a fun game. And we were just talking to a psychologist who we're going to talk to on the podcast later on. And she was talking about how the brain changes when you have a kid. And I think that a lot of these things come naturally or like we're biologically programmed to own these out of the survival brain when we have kids. And then at some point it makes sense to divide in a different way, particularly if we're going back to work and the brain has to adjust or like our behaviors have to adjust. And so I think that that might be an interesting element in our conversation with her. Right, right. Because when we were playing the game, I acknowledged with Joe, he didn't do anything wrong. It was on me. I didn't let him load the dishwasher. He was mm-hmm. loading it wrong in my eyes. That's I didn't exactly let right. him do the kid's laundry because he'd forget to do draft and he'd do ours. And I'd be like, oh, you're poisoning our children. Right. And then he just got used to me doing it all of the time and him always doing it wrong when he did try to do it. It was easier for him to not do it. And it was easier for me for him not to do it. But we've come yeah. to a, a very different place now. I feel like this game should be given to any new mom, like put it in their gift basket at their Mm. baby shower and let a new family, a young family play this game and start off winning. (laughs) Yeah. I almost would recommend it for pre-kids. Like if you're in a committed relationship, because there's a window of time where you're like, play a card game. I don't know when I would play a card game and you can do it in a half hour. It's not crazy, but it would probably spur very interesting, like family planning conversations, like life planning conversations for a young, yes, a young couple. A hundred percent. It was fun. And now we like joke around with each other. So (laughs) Uh-oh. So last night, Wednesdays are garbage days. And last night, I was just piling the garbage up by the back door. Usually, I'd bring it out. I'd help him bring <laughs> it to the corner. And so I was just joking around and piling it up by the back door. And he like looks at me and I was like, your card, love. <laughs> <laughs> That's so mean. I know. And then this morning, 
we have these like <laughs> under our cabinet lights and they're lovely and they're his favorite lights to turn on in the morning and I turned them off and he was like why I love these lights on while I'm you know <laughs> making breakfast and I was like because I don't know how to replace these light bulbs <laughs> and I can't find the light bulbs and he walked over and turned the lights on and he goes but that's your card and I was like son of a bitch <laughs> oh um, that's funny that's it was funny. fun it's fun it's turned into us being able to play around with each other but the resentment piece like I wrap all of the Christmas gifts yes. and not that I it's a resentful because it is definitely something I like to control but I own that card fully and completely I own that card and today our bank was emailing us about something and I was like he owns that card I don't have mm -hmm. to stress about that if he wants to come and consult me and ask for help or ask me to pull stuff together he will do that but I'm gonna let him own what happens next with that mm -hmm. so yeah I found it to be fun and a lot more valuable than when we walked into playing. Yeah, I totally agree. And then next, I'm really excited to explore this concept of unicorn space with Eve when we chat soon. It's a concept that she introduced in Fair Play and is a central theme in her new book that just launched with the help from Reese Witherspoon and her book club. Very cool. I mean, I'm a little <laughs> excited to be one degree of separation away. It does feel that. From Reese Witherspoon. Like this is how close. And then it does that make us then two degrees away from Kristen Bell? Because I think they're buddies, right? Am I two we, degrees away from Kristen Bell? If we say oh, Kristen Bell's no. name enough, yeah, we'll, I'm gonna say it three times like we Beatles manifest. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you got I, Eve to come on. So I truly felt like we were one degree away from Serena Williams after talking yes. about the project. We, yes, yes. Oh, anyway, all right. This. So okay. we will add the link to this game and Fair Play book to our show notes. Keep an eye out for Unicorn Space episode and conversation with Eve herself coming soon. We would really appreciate, too, you giving us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on social media. Our DMs are open as well if you have any questions or comments. And we will see you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Awesome. Bye. So when he came in, I had it like all laid out on the bed. And I was like, you like sexy. Yeah. We're playing a house <laughs> I was like, we need to play a game. <laughs>